know, we shouldn't be anything but happy ever. We just shouldn't. <laughs> we should be. We have the joy of the Lord continually. Amen. So we can kind of tell where we're at with regard to some of these things with our, our, little, um, our little meters, our little uh, frustration meters, our little oppression meters, you know. Something's going on. We have something we can do, you know. If, we get, if you have that oil light, some people don't change, check their oil until the light comes on, you know. It's probably a good idea to do it before then. <laughs> but when a, when, a, when a warning light comes on, we have something we can do. We can go um, do something about it. Praise God. And, um, and we're supposed to walk in the Spirit. We're supposed to be full of the Spirit. And we don't fulfill any of those things that the flesh would put upon us or cause us to be down about. Praise the Lord. Isn't that good? And it goes so much to what we were, these, these last couple songs. Don't you, anybody remember Darlene Check? It's funny how people that were a big name at some point, does anybody know, do you not know Darlene Check? Do you know that her song is probably the, the most heard um, shout to the Lord? Um, you know that song? See, isn't that interesting? Um, that's, you're not supposed to feel bad at all. I'm just saying when time passes, it it's interesting how, how influences change, you know. And, um, uh, yeah, she wrote those last two songs we sang. And uh, they're just such hard songs. The, and the melodies are just so, they just kind of take you there. Um, for me, anyway. Um, so what were they about? They were about our hearts, right? About giving God our hearts. And, and um, so I want to talk about this tonight. I want to talk about setting our affections and uh, how integral it is to, to a lot of things, other things in our life. And, and, and we can do it. Um, so, uh, you know, and, and it, it's, it's, it's God speaking this to me and, and awakening things, you know, because you can go through... Especially if you've known the Lord for a while, you can get into patterns where you just, you know, you're not really um, maybe stretching in some things. And, and, and some things that, man, you really should have. You just don't because you've gotten used to doing other stuff, you know. And it's, and it's like um, God's really helping me to just see this, this one thing is, is um, uh, how, how many get excited about anything? How many get Amazon deliveries? We've we've got this we've we've got this app on you know we got the ring out in front of our door you know, and I I get a notification on my on my phone, and boy I get a dopamine hit you know. <laughs> Amazon's coming, you know. It's like, <laughs> it, it, now, come on, don't don't look down on me too much. You know what I'm talking about. Or, you know, if, if you get that little notification, hey, somebody wants to talk to you down here. You know, it's like, it just kind of feels good. And you're kind of looking for those things, right? You're checking your mail. You know, you're checking. Your, why? Because there's things that, 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 that we like, that, that we get excited about. Anybody get excited about something? And, you know, all of us have kind of different things, but there's something that, that we, when when we're not having to, we're not in the middle of something else, there's, our mind kind of goes to that thing that we just kind of like. Now, I'm going to tell on Larry, but I just, this might not be, this is how I, this is how I saw it. Um, Larry delights 
in fishing. So, and, he, and he's wonderful. He includes people in this. This is what's really, really cool about this is, and in, in, I don't know what it was, it was maybe three years ago or something, the, the, the white bass come up the, the, the creeks, you know, to, to spawn. And he asked me to go with him. And so, uh, man, you can catch 20 in a day. Is that right? 25 each. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> I thought Larry was just being nice. And he was. I mean, it, 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 was, it was legitimate. I mean, being a buddy, you know. And so he takes me over to this place where actually the, the paintball place. And nobody else can get in there. Because here's part of the problem is, is a lot of these creeks coming up, they're just going to be crowded with a whole bunch of people. But Larry has his places. So he, he and uh, anyway, he took me over there and kind of showed me how to do it. He, he, used, a, he used a fly rod where the, where the fly sinks. I don't, I didn't ever remember that. And now I've, I've learned that you do it a lot now. But, but anyway, he could see those fish in there, man. We caught, I think we caught our limit. And, um. And I thought, man, that was so nice. Larry took time out of his day to, to come and, and take me fishing. And he cleaned all the fish and, you know, and made it nice for me and everything. And I thought, man, that was so nice. He had a lot of other stuff to do, but he came and he took me fishing. And I got a call the next day, and he was showing me pictures. How He was over there all by himself. <laughs> because you know what Larry does? He delights in fishing. And I'll tell another one. He delights in guns. And he's got some of the coolest guns. They're like the first ones that were made of their model or something. I don't know. He, he can tell you the story about every single one of them. They're, it's just it's just so fascinating. But he, he happened, did they deliver it here? I think, I think he ordered some kind of um, Italian shotgun. Is that right? It's like a handmade shotgun. See, Larry learns how to channel his delights and make sure that they don't get rained on. <laughs> so anyway, it showed up here at the church inside. <laughs> it, it was in the foyer there, and this might have just been me, but I thought Larry was shaking. He was so excited to get this, this shotgun, and he's getting it out of the thing, and, he, and he's looking at it. And, and he's looking at it so close. It's got all this, this hand etching on it, you know, this really detailed. And he's looking on there, and he sees a flaw. He paid, I don't know what you paid, but Googles. <laughs> I won't say it in front of Melanie's. <laughs> but, but he delights in, in some things, you know? My wife wouldn't eat. Melanie wouldn't look sideways at something like that. But she gets excited about. <laughs> There's those things. You, you know, and what are they? They're, they're things that you think about. They're things that you go searching. You're, you're, you're researching. You, why? Because it's something that, that, that comes alive inside of you when you think of those things. Right? And you don't have to wait around for somebody to prompt you for it. You're already there. Is that right? So, are you kind of figuring out where I'm going with this already? But uh, so there's there's a, there's a place for us in our affections, but and, and it has to become. And, and like I said, I, I'm, I'm saying, God, I, I want to awaken in this, and I want it to become 
I mean, I already love God. We, we just sang about loving God, but, but do I delight in him? You know? Because delighting is something that takes it to another level that actually changes my relationship with him. And we'll see how much our confidence in God is directly related to the setting of our affection on God. Now, when I say setting of affection, that means I'm intentionally going to delight. Because what are our affections? You know, uh, we can say I fell in love with somebody or most of the time you fell in infatuation with somebody. But, but, uh, um, but when you have affection for somebody, it's, it's like it's a delight connected to it. It's like you get a really good feeling. Like your kids, I don't know about you, but I just have, I love to just hug them and stuff, you know. And I found that it, 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 there's something I learned, though, because, I, you know, we're raising one of our grandchildren, and, and I can just... I can just have affection for him, and he, and he doesn't freak out. But I've got these other grandchildren that I found out I can't express my affection to them because it freaks them out. They're not used to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so I've learned to just be more tempered in it. <laughs> I want to hug them, you know, and stuff. But, but I'm, I'm holding back. Why? <laughs> because they don't quite understand. Until they've been with me for a week, you know, and then I can... There's get a little bit of mutual going on, you know. But it's the thing beyond, it, 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 it's, it's that thing where they're, they're doing something for your soul that you just, you can taste it almost. It just, you know what I mean? And I think dogs might do that for people too. Is that another element? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, let's pray. You want to pray? <laughs> All right. <laughs> Larry, anytime we change the subject from that, Larry's all in favor. Father, we love you so much. God, we, God, we, we get the sense that you have affection for us, and I think you really do, God, because your affection for us caused you to move something. Uh, you moved worlds for us, and, and you uh, exercised such an amount of... It's, it's not just some distant love, but it's an affectionate one that you like to embrace us. You like to pull us in tight, and you like to... Uh, and God, we thank you that the closer we get to you, the less freaked out we get. And God, we just ask you to help us to have some revelation with regard to this about how it helps us to see you and how uh, we can, when we begin to return that to you, um, that it, it helps our relationship and helps the reality of who you are in our life. And so thank you for doing that and helping us to see this tonight. We give you thanks. In Jesus' name. So... This is kind of where I, I, I started seeing some of this, and it's Psalms 27.3. I actually referred to it on Sunday, but I thought, well, we'll just lay into this a little bit here tonight. Uh, <clears throat> when desire is singular, confidence is unshakable. So I'm a, that's, that's my little statement from this passage. But <clears throat> It's hard to have confidence in something that you haven't spent any time meditating on. That you have, you don't really care about that much. It's, it's hard to have a lot of confidence in that. You know, uh, uh, um, I, I, we had this guy in, in my church when I was growing up, and he was a real football. Uh, he knew all the facts and everything. Clifton Thorson, and um, 
you know, I, I've been a Broncos fan, but I don't know that much stuff about people. I don't know how much they weigh and how much they bench press and all that kind of stuff. But man, he'd get you in the foyer of the church, get right up in your face, and he'd start, he'd start telling you just all about the players and his voice would raise, and he'd get all excited about it. And it made me think of, you know, they got these talk show guys now. And, you know, when they start talking sports, they are confident. In fact, they'll fight each other over stuff, right? Why? Because they've been thinking on this stuff. They've been reading on it. They know all about it, right? So when they go to talk, they are very confident. And they got an attitude about it, right? Because they have exercised their affection for this thing. And they know something about it. So, um, so, so the more affection you have for it, these guys aren't just talking out, out of their heads. They know. They've, they've spent time looking at this kind of stuff. So now when they go to talk about it, they have a lot of confidence. And, and this relates to, now, um, this passage, um, David had so many, and he was a, it's, it's going to be cool to see some of the replays, you know. Actually, we probably can't watch them. They're probably R-rated for the blood. You know, this guy got a lot of war stuff going on. I mean, he's killing people and all this kind of stuff. And yet, as much as he was familiar with his sword and, 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 and the things of, of his, the strength of his arm, he, he learned that it was all dependent upon God, that all his strength was dependent upon God, right? And so, so he says things like this that are just amazing. He says, though an enemy... Or though an army may encamp against me, look it, my heart shall not fear. David understands that this is all about the heart. If you're going to be successful, it's going to be about your heart. If you, you know, and, and you see this in sports, it, you can tell when, when somebody's lost their heart. <laughs> um, man, you can see the confidence level go down. What's happening? Their heart has disengaged. They no longer are confident, right? And you can see the mo change. The momentum's changing. What happened? They can have a pick six, and now the momentum's changing. Now they're back on their heels a little bit. Why? Because they're not as confident, right? So the heart is being affected. So David has understood that when that enemy's coming against him, he can't be looking at the enemy. He can't be looking at that. He says, my heart shall not fear. The war may rise against me. In this will I be. And he uses this special word, confident. Now, so many times, uh, and if you look at some of the commentaries, they're, they're going to separate these two verses here. But I believe it's a con there's a continuation. In <laughs> this, I will be confident. It's not that I can go through war and, and not fear. What I'm going to be confident is what I'm fixing to tell you. One thing, I have what? Desired. I've had affection for of the Lord. That will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. What's he saying? He said, where my confidence comes from is where I have been, where I have been setting my affection the reason why he can say, I don't fear when the enemy's coming against me, he says, I have great confidence because I have made it a pattern of my life to set my affections on something that's going to take me through this battle. 
where my comfort, and this is where it becomes a, a walk of life. Well, our relationship with God is not going to be something that we can pull out of our back pocket in the time of need. It's going to come out of a life that says, I have confidence because I have been setting my affection. It's on one thing. And that's what I like this, this phrase. Uh, uh, when desire is singular, confidence is unshakable. So, so wh- how necessary it is then to set that affection, right? Because it's going to help you in that time of need. Let's go to this next one. Affections drive the actions that develop confidence and faith. So let's for, look at 1 John 3.21. Behold, if your heart does not, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence towards God. How can a heart condemn when it knows something and it's doing something else, right? Now, if you don't even know anything, you're not going to have any confidence at all, right? But once you do know something, and what causes you to respond in the way that you do need to go? And whatever we ask, we receive from him because where's the confidence in asking? Because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. So, the confidence comes from having a relationship with God. You're you're actually in fellowship with it. You set your affection upon him. And what does that do? It causes you to act like you need to. Right? Uh. I'm so grateful for the grace of God that, that we have a place we can go. We can run back to him. We do something that's wrong. But there's another side of relate. You know, what is that? There's a phrase that says, love is never having to say you're sorry. Have you heard that phrase? I've never, I, I've had times when I didn't really understand that. But the closer you are to somebody, the less you're going to walk in a way that's going to cause them to make you, you're going to do something that you have to say sorry for. Does that make sense? Yes. <laughs> And I think that's kind of what's happening here. He says, uh, you know, you're going to have confidence towards God when you are so infatuated with him. Your affections are so set on him that every step you're taking, your heart towards him is driving what you're doing. And that, I believe that's what David was saying. I have confidence in this time because I know who I believe in. And I'm walking like he's real in my life every day. So now when something's coming up, the re- I, I'm, not, I'm not a hypocrite anymore. I'm, I'm the real thing. I really do love God. I'm, I have set my affection on him and I'm living for him, right? So what does it do? It causes me to be confident towards him. Now, man, if, if you're doing something that's, that's out of line, it's really hard to even have a conversation with somebody. If you've been unfaithful, you know, you've been doing something. You can tell when your kids, <laughs> man, they won't even look up, right? <laughs> Why? Because their affection is, in, is on that stupid tablet more than it is you. You know what I mean? <laughs> and that that is a battle. And I think that is something where, you know, kids, there's that 
this is something I've learned just in parenting. If you can get their heart, you can get their obedience. You know, uh, but if their heart is getting led somewhere else, you're going to lose their obedience too. It's the same thing with God. That's why we have to train them that way. It's not just telling them what God wants them to do and telling them they have to do it. It's, tell, it's teaching them to love God. Because if, if, if God can get their heart, he will get their every step. Amen? So, oh, okay, I, I'm setting the stage here a little bit. But when the heart delights, it can have expectation. Psalm 37, 4. Delight yourself also in the Lord. And what, he, what will he do? He'll give you the desires of your heart. So, when you're setting your affection upon him, what are you doing? You're meditating on what he likes. You're meditating on his, his scriptures. You're just liking him. That's why I, I love being in here and worshiping, just liking him with all of our hearts, you know, loving him, having affection for him. It doesn't need to be some distant thing where he's a, he's, we, we fear him, but we draw near to him at the same time, right? Um. But this delighting thing, it says it's something we're going to have to intentionally do, right? It's gonna, there's going to be have, have to be a method of some kind that we say, I'm going to delight in the Lord. I'm going to intentionally make him, like, like David said, there's one thing. That sounds, that's really tough in these days of European shotguns and white bass. For you to honestly say, there's one, there's one thing, right? But I, there's a need to understand. What I want us to see is there, this is a requirement for us. If we're really going to get everything out of God that he has planned for us, that we've gotten in Christ, there's going to have to be this side of us that becomes very like me with the grandkids. It's like, oh, God, I am just so affectionate for you. Can you see there's another side of this? Because what's happening in that is, is the heart is getting opened up. The heart is getting very sensitive towards him. It's not enough to just know his word. We just need to be, have to be dispassionate for him. You know what I mean? And I know this is probably a lot harder for the, the women are doing all the amen in tonight. I know. But the women, they like this kind of stuff. But it's a man thing. It's a man thing. This affection, because we do, we love, we're affectionate. Again, we're affectionate for stuff, right? Okay. All right. I, I, I'm, Larry, I'm trying to hit you again, but I'm not going to. Okay. <laughs> He's got a lot of hidden stuff there that we probably don't even know about. Okay. Affections can be reset. And here's the key. So uh, we're, we're seeing how necessary it is and how we're supposed to do this, right? I, I want to kind of look at how we do this. Can, can you help me with this? Can we kind of lean on the Holy Spirit right now and say, God, help us to do this. Help us, help us, right? Uh, so affections can be reset from earthly to heavenly things. So it's something that we're, we can, it's not something that we just have to say, if God wants me to be affectionate for him, he's going to make me because he's a sovereign God and he'll just make no. He's a loving God. This is the thing. You don't love somebody if you make them do stuff for you, right? And, and that's why, you know, uh, 
God is so wonderful. He, he, there's so much about him that, he, that we can just be infatuated with. But we have to spend some time. It's like my kids, my grandkids, until they're with me for a week. They don't understand how wonderful I am. You know what I mean? If we're not with him, how are we even going to be affectionate towards him? You know what I mean? Okay. So Colossians 3, 2. Set your affection. So that part of you, that heart of you, that thing that likes to do all this other stuff so naturally. So we can relate to this because we already do this, right? But I think we have to say, God, help me to put you in that category of my mind just goes towards you. What, what's God up to right now? What's, what's he doing in me right now? You know? Oh, and, and, I, and I have something I can actually anticipate with that. Because he said something. And now I can begin to think on what he said. And, and because he said that, I can, get, I can put my expectation on that. And when I do that, my heart can get excited. I'm, I'm telling you what, the, 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 the key to where God's wanting to take us as a church body and the things of God, there has to be this awakening of, a, of an excitement, of a delight. And I encourage us, when we come in here to worship, Let's delight. Let's, let's be ex extravagant in our praise. Let's, you know, David is, is again, such an example of that. Man, we were talking about this, uh, that, uh, man, he said, I'm taking my clothes off. I'm, you know, <laughs> and if you think I'm something right now, you just wait, because I'm going to even be more. Why? Because it's, it's God. He's, he, he's, he's loved us so much that he sent Jesus. Wow, talk about some, and, and if and we haven't even begun to tap in to the joys of our salvation, there is so much in him. It, 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 and and it, you never get to him if you're getting the stuff first. If you get stuck on the stuff, you never get to him. So it's never going to be about the stuff, but everything we need for life and godliness, it's in him. Oh, God. It's just such a joy just to be in your presence. Amen? Can you see this? So, but it's up to us. So let, let's look at, at, at some ways we can do this. Okay. Um, did I not? I thought I had another thing in there. Oh, here we go. Yeah, I got one more here before, we, before I release you to the dogs. All right. Colossians 3. Uh, that didn't make sense, but whatever. Colossians 3, 1. Since you became alive again so to speak, when Christ arose from the dead. Now, he's saying the same thing again in another way. Now, set your sights. What are you thinking about when you have some uh, leisure time? What are you think? What are you anticipating? You know, what are you looking for to, to, to give you a dopamine hit? The reason why God gave us dopamine, uh, that thing inside of us, wasn't just for all those other things. It's for him. You know? <laughs> Man, I'm getting out there, aren't I? When Christ arose from the dead, now set your sights on the rich treasures and joys of heaven where he sits beside God in the place of honor and power. This is a spiritual revelation, isn't it? It's something that we need to intentionally do when we're with God. 
And we can do it when we're praying in the spirit. We can say, God, remember we used to sing that song, open the eyes of my heart, Lord, open the eyes of my heart, I want to see. What are we going to see? We're going to see him high and lifted up. We're going to see him, his train fill in the temple. We're going to see all these kind of things. But it's not something far away. It's right now. And it, can, it needs to be a part of our experience of God continually. Amen? Let heaven fill your thoughts. What I like about this is it, 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 we, we are just pilgrims on this earth anyway. So to really delight in God, is, it can't be about stuff that we're going to get here on this earth. There's going to have to be a heavenly element to this. Amen? You know, it's kind of nice when you, know, my, you're, you're, you have somebody that's gone there ahead of you. Now you can kind of get a vision for that. You know, you get to go see them. You know, you get to be with them. Those kinds of things, right? Um, but it needs to, if we're going to actually be delighting in the Lord, there's going to be have to be an escape from these little things around us, you know, that would trap us. Man, we there's so many traps around us in our life that will keep us from having heavenly thoughts, you know? All right. Don't spend your time worrying about things down here. You should have as little desire for this world as a dead person does. Don't you like that? Your real life is in heaven with Christ and God. Don't you like that? All right. Let's look at this next one. So here's my statement. You can put that. There you go. So how do we do this? All right. All right. All right. All right. So first thing I want to see here is you got to get a little bit of trash talking. Man, you never heard that in church, did you? All right. <laughs> so, I, I haven't experienced this a whole lot, but you can see it sometimes. What, what, what does that cocky basketball player like to do? He starts, he likes to get in the other guy's head. He starts to like to, because to, to be what he needs to be, he needs to look down on his enemy a little bit. You know what I mean? And you got to learn to talk that way, that you're nothing. You're, I think it has to be an active thing. If something's going to be, if th something's not going to take that, allow God to be the one singular, we're going to have to actually put it in its place on purpose. Can you see this? You're going to have to start talking to those fish, Larry. Yeah. Right? <laughs> you have to say, I like you too much. No. <laughs> But just hang with me on this, all right? Because we're going to have to begin to talk to some things and actually tell them where they're at. A lowering of prior affections is necessary for the raising of him. Because we're born again we're into a new life in him, but we're still in this earth. We still have the stuff that we've been around before. And, you know, there's a miraculous thing that's taken place. But we have a battle with prior affections, existing affections, right? And even though there's some that we can enjoy, we need to talk to them and say, but you're not the, you're not the one. You're not the one, right? So I'm saying this is something that needs to be a, like, you can probably do these in a circle, but man, this kind of has to start at the beginning, doesn't it? You have to kind of say, first of all, I'm taking you off your high horse here, right? 
Yet indeed I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. So what's he doing? He said, I'm counting you as nothing, right? For whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish. See what I mean? This is trash talk, isn't it? All right. That I may gain Christ. So he's saying before I can even gain Christ, I got to do some trash talk. See that? And then what? What, what happens when that happens? And be found in him. Not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness, which is from God by faith. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death, by, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. So what's he saying? I, I'm gonna, I have to call these things what they are or the, the incredible work that took place in the resurrection of Christ, I'll miss out on that because I've been looking at and having my affections on something else. Can you see that? <laughs> so, so first of all, he said, what happened in the resurrection? Man, it's otherworldly. Why would I get stuck on this world stuff? So I got to talk trash to it. I got to say that you're nothing. We still, we still take care of stuff, but we don't care about stuff. Can you kind of see that? Amen? We don't let it take us. Are you good? All right. So, first of all, we, we uh, trash talk a little bit. Everybody say trash talk. Trash talk. There we go. That's about as close as I can get to doing that, but hey. Worship. Uh, so, when I think of worship, I, I think of the acknowledging of God's presence and having it uh, completely determine my actions in the moment, my thoughts, right? What's that doing? Where, where you're completely infatuated with him, right? Other developed areas are cut away in the experience of worship. So, we're saying, so how does this take place? First of all, we're going to have to talk to the old affections, set them in their place, right? And then we're going to have to lift up him. Right? And here's what happens. Because we cannot get rid of the old affections on our own. We can talk to them. We can take our place against them. But it's going to be a work of the Holy Spirit. Amen? So this is why. We talk to them and we lift up God. And in the lifting up of him is the cutting away of the old affections. This is a wonderful thing. It'll be a work of the Spirit. Amen? But we have to do it. We have to do it intentionally. Worship isn't something that comes over us without our participation. It's our setting our heart. In fact, we can be in the middle of, of being caught up in other things in our life. And sometimes you have to shake yourself and say, oh, no. I got I to gotta set my affection. I got to lift my eyes up again. Right? Philippians 3.3. 3, For we are the circumcision... We are the circumcision. What's he saying? We're the ones who, who have had the, the flesh cut away from us completely. Right? Who worship God in the spirit, rejoice in Christ Jesus, and have no what? Confidence. What is that? Affection for. That means I like to serve it. Right? So we have none of that. 
Where's that none of that coming from? Being circumcised from it as we worship. Can you see that? And though I also might have confidence in the flesh. He said there's plenty of opportunities for it. And Paul's talking from a place of, I mean, he, he, he had put a lot into his mental understanding. All the, and he goes into detail about that. But he says, if anyone else thinks he may have confidence in the flesh, I more so. So he says, I'm not, I'm not telling you to do something I haven't done. But I'll tell you, what did it take for, because Paul before the horse experience, before the horse experience, Paul was going completely on flesh. And now he, was, he thought he was serving the Lord, but he was doing it out of his own mental understanding, right? And what did it take for him to be free from that? Uh, an encounter with God. Jesus talking to him. And him realizing that everything that he was on his own was nothing, Right? And that wasn't just a one-time experience for him. He rehearsed it the rest of his life. And he said, everything that I was, I counted as nothing. Because now I realize that something's been done, that I have been made one with Christ. He rose from the grave. I rose with him. And now my affections are on that. It's so much higher than any of those things that I did on my own. But so what happens there is he's saying, I, in, in worship, the cutting away of the flesh takes place. This is why we have to learn how to worship with all of our hearts. We have to, not apathetically, not somebody else's thing, right? Not whether I like the song or not. Hey, if there's anything going on, you know, you don't even need a song. I know when I was, when I, uh, had a job as a worship leader. I had everybody come and we had to just pray in tongues for 30 minutes. And we had to be passionate about it, you know? Because you, anything else that we do is ineffective if we haven't actually got our hearts in God's face, you know? But, and it's not a down thing. It's, it's, that's where we get our, our inspiration. That's where we get our heart, right? So... What happens when we pray in the Spirit? What happens when we walk in the Spirit? What does it say? Walk in the Spirit and you will not do what? Fulfill the lust of the flesh. That means you won't have confidence in the flesh if you're walking in the Spirit. Right? Isn't this good? So what do we do first of all? We trash talk. Then we, then we worship God, right? <laughs> and in that process, we're positioned to be free from the flesh, right? And praise. Look at praise here. I like this. What does praise do? Man, it, it puts the, it, 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 it magnifies what we're excited about. This is what I, I like about it. I'm, I'm glad my wife, wife finally caught me. Uh, no, I, but, but I, yeah, I, I, I was a hard one. I was, I was determined. It was just going to be my guitar of me the rest of my life. And, and she introduced another affection to me. <laughs> and it was a good thing. Right? But, um, but something I found in just a natural relationship is my heart awakens with affection when I begin to say nice things. Have you ever noticed that? It's, there's, I mean, 
even with your dog, it, it works, you know? <laughs> oh, you're so cute. You're just, you just do everything. What happens when you're doing that? They were the same dog before. But something's happening to your heart when you praise. You know what I mean? God doesn't need our praise. We do really bad. Why? Because it affects our heart. Can you see that? So when we worship him, uh, the flesh is getting cut off. But when we praise him, our heart's awakening towards him. Can you see how powerful that is? Okay. So Hebrews 13, 15. Therefore, did I read my little phrase there? Let me read my phrase. There's a savoring of praise when who he is delights the soul. And in that is the setting of an affection. Can you see how this has to be something that we're practicing regularly? You know, I heard somebody talking about these, uh, and my, my wife ordered one of these. She saw the, the, the cold plunge. I haven't taken the cold plunge yet, but um, then I heard somebody talking today about how you have to do it every morning when you get up. Before it's like, If you can do that, he said, you can do anything the rest of the day. <laughs> You've just proven that you can do anything the rest of the day. Uh, but, and he said, you know what, it, working out, doing the cold plunge, doing it. He said, you know, it, 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 you can miss it once in a while, but what really makes it work is when you're doing it consistently. Anything that you're doing consistently. With time. It's, it, it's not magical. It doesn't happen right away. But with time, it will have an effect that's very positive, right? Um, and this is how it is with him, with, with God. It has to be something where it becomes a process daily. Uh, I'm putting down the flesh. I'm saying, man, that you flesh, you ain't nothing. You can't even make a two-pointer from the side. All right. A layup. You can't even make a layup. Uh, right? He said, and, and then you're, you're, you're responding to God's scripture in your heart and saying, oh, I'm be obedient before you. And then you're praising him. This can be something we're doing continually. There's an importance of setting your affection. We do not have confidence towards God if we're not doing this. So it might be something we want to consider, right? Do it on a regular basis. Make it a, a daily process. It's not a cold plunge. It's not a bad thing. It has much better results with time. But we have to be consistent with it, right? I know I'm speaking to the choir. You're already doing all this kind of stuff. But let's be encouraged in it, amen? And let's be, uh, let's be inspired for more. So, um, so because this is what can happen. As much as you can have confidence in this way, you can actually cast your confidence. Did you know that you can cast confidence? You can cast care, and you can cast confidence. Hebrews 10, 35. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. How would you do that? Well, you just fail to do what it takes to set your confidence, right? And you become more consumed with something on this earth. What's happening when that takes place? You, ha you have confidence in God. You, called, you asked him to be your savior. You, <laughs> you said, when you did that, well, you gave him your heart. You gave him your life. You gave him your everything, right? But then, uh, that's not a one-time thing. 
that's the rest of your life, right? So what's happening when we fail to do that? We're actually casting what is ours, what our potential is in him. We're casting it aside for something that's worth nothing. All right? All right. Let's look at this last one. Y'all good? So when affections are rightly set, it will effectively communicate life to others. Now, this is the wonderful thing that, man, if we could get revelation that somebody else's salvation, somebody else's revelation of God is dependent on me setting my affection. You cannot sell something that you don't believe. You cannot believe something that you're not actually doing. Right? And you can't have, you can't actually even love God if there's not some affection. And what it will do, it will become evident in your life. Amen? It will be obvious. You cannot, just like you can't fake loving God, you can't fake, wait a second. You can't help but show when you do love him. I was going to say you can't help not loving God. Whatever. But you know what I mean. When you love him, you, you, you can't fake being a sinner. You, know? <laughs> you just can't, can't fake being worldly when you love God. It's, it's just going to be obvious. The love of God is shed abroad in your heart, right? By the Holy Spirit. There's going to be a spirit about you. There's going to be a evidence Everything, so, so when we're worshiping him, just real quick, when we're worshiping him, there's more to this, but when we're praising him, what we're doing, we're taking what he said and, we're, and we begin to apply it to who we are, and that's how we worship him. Actually, we respond to what he said about us. We begin to emulate that, and what that looks like then is, is um, us actually loving God, having affection for him because we're doing what he said to do. So let's look at uh, Philemon 1.6. When affections are rightly said, it will effectively communicate life to others. Praying as I do, that their participation. Now, this I didn't want to put all these verses in here, but basically he's saying, I'm praying that their participation in your faith may result in others fully recognizing all the right affection that is in us toward Christ. Isn't that interesting? So what he's, he, he's saying is that there's so many things about knowing God, about responding to what God has said, that they are contingent upon your heart being set towards him in affection, your affection being set. And I like this translation. Anybody hear the Weymouth translation? But um, I like it because he put that phrase in the last of it, and I like that. It says, <laughs> fully recognizing all the... The, the right affection. Don't you like that? And that's a perfect one to end on, isn't it? When we set our affection rightly, what we claim to believe will be communicated without us having to preach it. <laughs> it will be our life. Can you see that? How critical it is it to be set in our affection, to be passionate about God, to just be wanting to give him a hug all the time. God, I'm just so impressed by what you've said. I'm so impressed by this day that you've made. I just want to praise you. You're, you're amazing. You're such an awesome God. You're the creator of the universe. You can do anything. And I get to love you right now because you love me. 
There's just so much to it, amen? And then that thing, we don't have much time left. We need to realize this. We don't have much time. I'm, maybe, you know, the earth might come to an end. We, you know, depends on who's in control of stuff, or, right? But, and the main thing that we're on this earth for is not to do whatever else we're doing. It's to communicate our affection for God to somebody around us. Now, everything else that we're doing is actually a means for that to take place. God's placed us in different places. But if, if, if our focus is that I'm in that place to do that thing, then we miss out on the bigger picture, the bigger ministry opportunity. But if we're doing these things, if we're taking our cold plunge in trash talk, worship, and praise every morning, and then throughout the day, it sets our pattern for the rest of the day, there will be a communication of who we care about, who we love with all of our heart. Amen.